What an awful performance out of the Green Bay Packers yesterday at Lambeau Field. They get knocked off by the Jets, and not just knocked off, they got manhandled. They got manhandled. I put it over on uh, Facebook, too, just an FYI, just in case you're wanting to see the design, uh, the new T-shirt, I believe we should all wear it uh, to Lambeau Field at the next home game. Uh, I just think that it should come out as a T-shirt that just is simply a green T-shirt with bright, the mustard-colored lettering that just simply says, that's unacceptable, we'll have to look at the tape. That's unacceptable, we'll have to look at the tape. And when the uh, the Packers are announced after every player comes on the field, that's what's chanted. That's unacceptable, we'll have to look at the tape. 877-867-1670, bringing in now... Eric Branchak of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us uh, on the hotline. Eric, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'd buy one of those T-shirts, without a doubt. Yep. Uh, week after week. Oh, you know, oh, by the way, only three carries for Aaron Aaron Jones in the first. Oh, that's unacceptable. We go, we're going to have to look at the tape. You know? What? You're the one that said you wanted to run the ball more. You're one of the one that said you needed more motion, more success in the run game to establish yourself. And instead, you, you just completely abandon it, basically. Well, that's just it, you know. I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this. If you look at the San Francisco 49ers last year, or this year, or shoot, the last couple of years, and and you look at the Rams a little bit, and you look at and where this is the tree that this guy came from, and this is the the lineage that they do, and it's one of the things that I think can make them successful is to, you know, you you're not dripping with talent at the playmaking position on the other side of the ball, but you got to make do just like the 49ers did. I mean, they got, you know, they got a quarterback that they're trying to get rid of, but yet they're still successful pounding the ball and, and, and using motion and putting guys in positions to be successful. And you saw a little bit of it and then they stop it. And then they're a little bit and then we stop it. You know, it's just, it's very, very um, interesting to me that they don't, just say, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to just keep doing it. And I don't know where that's coming from. The other thing is if they don't fix that offensive line, they don't fix a guard center guard position in a hurry, it'll be over with before you know before midseason because 12 isn't going to be able to make it. I mean, he's not going to – how many more games is he going to be able to make it pummeled like he did on Sunday? Um, let's start with the offensive line and that right side. I, yesterday I saw Runyon, God is my witness, get turned around. He was running towards Aaron Rodgers being shoved by a defensive lineman. I, I was like, wow, that's not only getting beaten, that's getting turned around and lifted up by your seat, pan, pan, the seat of your pants and getting thrown into your quarterback. It, it was terrible up front. Yeah, he got a power grundy there a couple times. Dang, holy smokes. Yep. Um, and, and, and you look at Newman too; it was pretty ugly. And, and oh, you God, know what? Yeah. Kudos to the Jets. The Jets did a, was awesome because I mean the Packers don't see a lot of forefront teams. And one of the one thing that you do out of a forefront with passing down is you overload one side of the line. So typically it's the weak side, and you put you know you got a guy in a seven outside shoulder of the tackle, and you got a three technique and a one or a zero technique. And then to the other side, you only got a seven, and you walk up a backer in case they decide to run a draw or something silly. So you're good to go. And the Bay Packers could not handle that. They just could not. They had no answer to it. There were times where they were they were inside. So what you're doing on defense is you're getting one-to-one battles, okay? There's, there's, there's no opportunity for a double team 
uh, in the in the middle on that side of the line of scrimmage that you're overloading. And then on the other side, you got attack. You got your outside guy who's way out in the seven, so the you know the tackle's got to go out and get him. And then you got a guard that's in the middle, and he's got to make a decision: either I'm going to go help the tackle, or I'm going to dive down and I'm going to try and double team here. Well, um, I mean, it was it was comical the amount of twists that they ran with the tackles there, and they would just run right by either Runyon or run right by Newman. There were times Newman he's going out to the tackle. The guy's just playing contained. That's all he's doing is just containing, and then right where he was supposed to be, they run a twist. You know, it's just unbelievable how poorly played that was, and it's been a, you know, and it, it affects the entire game. Throws from the quarterback are off because he's not confident. There's nowhere for him to escape because that, you know, wherever the overload is, they were so congested there that there wasn't anything there. And if he went out to the right, now they got a linebacker that's sitting in a window that can shoot. It was really difficult for them to do anything. And it, it all, and one of the things that, that, you know, as Packer fans, as you're watching, the last eight to ten years, it's been really, really good. You know, and, and you know from A.B. Gap, it's been really solid quarterback and step up. You know, if the t- tackle is going to run his by down, he can step up and slide either way. There wasn't any of that, especially yesterday, because they were just getting handled all over the place. And I don't know um, – the only way to get them out of that is to run the football, and they decided that they wanted to continually throw the ball again. The uh, the run game, we talked about them abandoning it. They at least gave A.J. Dillon the ball enough times to get 4.1 yards per carry. It seemed at times it would work. Basically what I saw was the Jets said, we're going to beat you up front, and we're going to take your two running backs out of the game because you don't have anything else. You stink. And I think that's kind of the way they played it. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, they did a lot of moving. You know, so one of the things that the Packers, the strength of their offensive line is that they're really good power gap runners, you know, not just zone blocking. You know, down, down, kick out, pull a couple guys. They're really good at that. And the way to beat that is to get your guys moving up front so they're not just standing there trading, trading blows with these things. And that's what they did. They moved. They were, they were moving up front, so they're shooting gaps. They were slanting. Uh, to the strength, they were slanting away from strength. They were moving around, and they, uh, the Packers could not handle it. They, they, they just there was no answer to it. And I thought the backs, on occasion, you know, there were cutback lanes that they didn't take, or there were times where you know they just kind of buried their head up and they could have bounced it outside. There were some opportunities for them, but you know, you gotta, you gotta. What is Mercedes Lewis? He seems like he's about forty-five, but I'm guessing he's in his upper thirties. He, he was struggling with on the edge trying to get stuff to happen. And Okay, so the running game isn't working. Strength of our offense is our running backs. Troll screens. Do something to the running backs to get the ball in their hands rather than just throw it downfield to a rookie and, um, you know, an okay wide receiver. I think the solution is, Mike, and you, or Bill, you might absolutely agree with me, throw it to the tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they threw to Tanyan on a record number of times yesterday, and he set the record for the franchise record for catches by a tight end in this game with 10 catches for 90 yards. Didn't end the end zone, but at least Tanya was able to move the sticks. I, and I think they need to, you know, if you are really looking at this offense and you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, what do we got? Got a couple backs that are pretty good, uh, and we got a tight end. They, they got to they got to do stuff with the tight end to open him up and get him the ball because he doesn't drop it. Uh, the passes that he that, that go his way that he does not 
uh, complete the pass on is that they're usually in the dirt. You know, he had two passes yesterday that he didn't catch. They were, one was in the dirt, and the other one was darn near in the dirt. You know, so and it was behind him. So I think they got to focus on that tight end and get him the get him the football at least to keep the chains going, and that will loosen up the linebackers a little bit again in the run game. The uh, when you look at this team for wide receiving prospects. I, I don't to, – to me, it's almost like you got to make a trade if you're good against at this point. If you have anything salvageable at this point, do you go out and make a deal or do you look at this team going, you know what, even if we bring in a top-notch wide receiver, we're not a Super Bowl caliber team. We're not making that trade. I, I, I would agree with you. Hey, I, I don't know who's out there available or who would be, who would be available. <clears throat> and I don't know, um, you know – Let's talk about OBJ for a second. You know, that's been the big talk the last couple of weeks is this team needs, needs to get Beckham. And I, if I'm Beckham, and you got a team that's circling the drain, are you going to come here? I'd no. Like, no way. I ain't coming there. No, no it's, it's cold. It's not a big city, so there's no big bright lights for me to, you know, walk around and feel good about. And secondly, you know, if he's at this point in his career, you're going to go to a contender. You're not coming to Green Bay just because of Aaron Rodgers on a bad team. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, you want to go out and get guys, but I don't know who to get. And, you know, anyone you're going to get is probably going to be a, you know, a retread, a really bad, you know, someone who's injured all the time with Sammy Watkins. Um, they just need to find a way to move the sticks with what they have. And they're, they're, they're not, in my opinion, they're not utilizing the talent that they do have. And get the ball to the running backs, hit the tight end, and when everybody sucks up on that, then you throw it over the top, and hopefully you get lucky. I mean, that's really talking with Eric at. Brand. Talking with Eric Brand, check out the Green Bay Press Gazette. Eric, uh, defensively speaking, I thought they came out more aggressive. They looked impressive. They only gave up three points. The defense was playing well, and then they they gave up the touchdown. And it seems like they reverted back to the "let's keep everything in front of us" type of defense and allowed the Jets to kind of dictate offensively what it is they wanted to do. Is that kind of the way you saw it as well in film? I mean, I watched it, you know, twice this morning, and the way I felt about it was, I mean, if you look at this and you boil it down, the defense gave away 17 points. Your defense gives up 17 points in the NFL, you should win every one of those games. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. But you look at the last score, or that, that you know, a few people were chatting about, you know, you got the ball up nine minutes in the fourth quarter, you're down by 14 points. Momentum was all on the Jets. They had all the momentum. Here's a young team, fairly talented bunch of guys that are experiencing success for the first time in a number of years with a coach that is a fire plug on the sideline. Those guys were fired up, and momentum was clearly on that side of the field. You know, I, I think a lot of people that don't play the game or never played the game don't understand what momentum, what that does for your team. And when that momentum goes – is just tilted on the other side of the field. It's awful hard to get it back. And that series, you know, you're down by 14 points. Fourth quarter, your offense isn't doing anything. I, don't, You know, I, yeah, as a professional, you should go out. They did keep them out of the end zone. They only got the field goal there on that one. But is it unexpected for them to, to have a drive there? I, I, I don't think so. I think at that point in time, everybody in the stadium knew. Um, I think at that point, more people were staying in the stadium to watch the band afterwards than to watch the football game. I mean, that's right. just how it felt. 
And um, I don't, I just, I think momentum was on their side and it didn't stop. I thought they played defensively. They had some continual mistakes with their linebackers. Um, they don't have any depth at the outside line, at the outside linebacker position. So some of those runs got away on them. And, uh, you know, they were, they were blitzing. I mean, they blitzed, trying to figure them. They blitzed uh, three D-backs and they blitzed uh, a linebacker. That's more blitzing than they've done in probably three years over there on that side of the football. And it was, they played press man. Um, they played two man underneath, so with a man underneath with two deep zone. They did a lot of things on defense that was really good. Just, you know, not enough. And, and I think, unfortunately, that, that football team runs through that quarterback and that offense. And when the offense is sputtering, it really hurts the entire football team. Right. No, I, that I agree with. And, and really, in regards to scoring defense, you're right. They only gave up that 17 points. So in that sense, the scoring defense numbers are actually going to be better than what a lot of people look at and expect, but they just gave up some drives at the most inopportune moments. And then that brings us to the ugly head that is special teams. Not once. I thought it was brilliant on the pooch, uh, the pooch kickoff to pin them back. You had an extra 10 or 15 yards and the personal foul. Here you go. And then you see the C's part, and they bring it out beyond the thirty. It was a perfect, it, it was a perfect thought, and an unbelievably poor executed uh, pooch kickoff, the blocked punt for a touchdown. It just seemed like everything fell apart again. Yeah, and I, it's that, that's inexplicable. Inexplicable because they brought guys in just to play special teams. You know, you got there's, and I don't. I, I can't explain it. I don't know if it's in the water over there on that side of the on that side of the city or what that makes that special team so terrible. But um, the execution, you're absolutely right. Just and I and I, I listen. I think at that point in time, I know I you know I know these guys and everybody's getting paid right, but it's still a game and it's still an emotional game. And when you're getting throttled up front, uh, uh, your offensive line is getting throttled and your offense is sputtering, and that brings your whole team down. And they really needed – I thought that block punt was going to be the spark, and then they turn around with their own block punt to a touchdown. That hurts. So it's yeah. kind of, a, kind of a, a tough deal. Next week, the Commanders uh, – this, to me, is the get-right game. If you don't get right this week, then you're, you're already in for a long season, I believe, anyway. But if you don't get right in Washington, uh, you're, st- you're really starting to circle the drain, aren't you? For sure, and I think this is scary. You got a cornered rat there in Washington, right? You know things are going bad. The coach is obviously um, in on the hot seat. Yeah, quarterback that's you know feeling some heat, and and this is this is a scary game because that team can come together and just punch these guys in the mouth. And you know now you're licking your wounds coming back from Washington. That's a that would be a really difficult uh, situation, and. Um, I agree. It would circle that team. Would I don't think they're. I think they're circling the drain now. I think they'd be all the way down the drain. Um, you got. Hey, you, real quick. They're not. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that well, Washington is not defensively isn't what they used to be, but I think it's still enough. They got enough talent up front where they can hurt you. Hey, real quick before I let you go, what would you do with the offensive line at this point? Because you saw Runyon get beat up. You saw, uh, you know, obviously a change at center, and Hanson goes out, and then the then you see. Royce Newman get beat up. It was ugly. What would you do? Would you bring Elton Jenkins back into guard and tell Yash Nyman he's now your right tackle? I think that's that is a very very strong possibility, and I, I that's what I would do. I think I would 
I would put Tom at guard and keep Nyman on the on the on the sidelines one more week just to make sure that Bakhtiari can get through it. Now, conventional thought in my mind was that this weekend, this game yesterday was see if Bakhtiari can get through the entire game. If he can, then kick Jenkins down and insert Nyman. After I woke up this morning, I'm thinking maybe keep Nyman around just one more week to see if 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 uh, um, Bakhtiari can make it through another game and then make the move with him. Because the one thing that if, if let's say next week you got Nyman playing right tackle and Bakhtiari goes down, now you got to move two players. So Nyman goes back to left tackle and insert another one. If if Bakhtiari goes down, now I'm only making one move. So that would be. Probably the safe way to go. The emotional guy, if I if I really feel bad about my whole line, I'm yanking out Newman and Runyon, and I'm inserting Jenkins and Tom and sliding uh, uh, nine men out the right tackle, and let's have at it. Great stuff as always, buddy. We'll talk again next week, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Hopefully it's a little bit more fun, although the Packers loss does make it a little easier to talk about. Yeah, right. No doubt so, about it. Good stuff. Good. You guys yeah. <laughs> have a great week. Thanks a lot for having me on. All right, pal. Talk to you later. Eric Branchek, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, breaking down the film from yesterday. And uh, just a lot of logic behind a lot of that stuff, but uh, I agree with him. Zach Tom was a guy that really impressed early on. Preseason, training camp, they spoke so highly. We've seen offensive linemen come in as rookies before and have success. You know, maybe that's the direction you go. If you're getting beat that bad up front, maybe – Maybe that's something you have to do. It's not something you want to do, but maybe at this point in time, you just got to do it. You have to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. I know. I, I, I look outside. I see snow flying, man. I do. And it sucks. It just, it just feels – yesterday's game feels like today, right? You got wind. You got raw, cold, you got snow flying, just bleh, you know? That was the game yesterday. That's the way I woke up. And my one of my first thoughts was, as I was bringing the equipment in from the truck outside, as I'm walking past my motorcycle, is at what point do I make the phone call and say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and store it away for winter. I still got I want a ride in me, you know? But if, you, if you're like me and you maybe go out and get some motor clothes, they're going to warm you up to make sure that you can take that final ride. Because this weekend's supposed to warm up a little bit. So I'm kind of banking on that. Maybe this weekend will be better. I can get back out there, do a little riding before the season ends, and then I'll put it away at the end of October. Uh, but if not, if you need storage, they've got storage. If you want your bike winterized, they can do that as well. If you have uh, just looking for maybe gift ideas, come the holiday. There you have it. Go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. That's Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson, and Oconomowoc. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Gene Adela in the title tones featuring Wayne Larravee, Jason Wildey, and Mark Tauscher. Game Day Bus, take 47. Let's all take the Game Day Bus to Town. Let's go, go. Wayne, Tausch, Wildey, haven't you been practicing all year? What if I said Pella fans can get 0% interest for 48 months on any replacement project right now? Yeah! And there is your Pella. Can he say that? Isn't that trademarked? 
<clears throat> his paycheck for this says otherwise. Speaking of catchphrases, we call this the Pella Now Pay Later option. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin's experts stop by for an in-home consultation. They'll help you choose the perfect windows for your home. The installation is completed with no hassle or mess, leaving only perfect results while you put no money down. Make no payments and no interest for up to four years. Schedule your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Expires 10 2022 I am looking forward to tonight, and this is the reason why, is because today, today is the first day, I mean, I'm doing the show, don't get me wrong, but today is the first day I have nothing to do. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have an appointment, I don't have a meeting, I don't have a conference call, I don't have nothing. I get off the air today, and it's done. So today is the day that I am going to do a big pot of chili. And I'm going to get ready for tonight's contest. I, uh, I'm going to do a little cleaning around the house, some stuff that I've been putting off. I've been wanting to wash the carpets and stuff. So I'm going to do a little bit of that. And I'm heading downstairs into the bar, and I've got a jug, a uh, big growler of the Forgotten Fire Winery Cider. And tonight, cider is on my list. Chili is on my list. I'm either going to sit in the bar and do a cigar or I'm going to sit in the great room and have a fire and watch football and not do a damn thing. And I can't wait. And if you're like me and you're looking for something good to go along with whatever whatever it is you're going to make or just enjoy, Forgotten Fire Winery, they have such good stuff. And their ciders this time of year, oh, my God, they're fantastic. That crispness, the the uh, carbonation, just it, it's perfect it's just perfect forgotten fire winery they don't just make wine but they make really good wine but just enjoy it go to forgottenfirewinery.com forgottenfirewinery.com and see all that they have to offer stop in get at your local grocery stores liquor store wine store ask for it by name and if you go to pesh to go stop into the winery and uh, tell them we sent you and they will give you a great deal on some of the bottles of wine they have there it's just really good stuff, but that's my night. I can't wait. I may do it pantsless. I don't know. Rowdy, are you on today? How you doing today, bud? You doing okay? Yeah, we're doing good, Bill. Uh, how did uh, how did you survive the weekend via the Badgers, man? Well, thankfully, Bill, I didn't get to watch the entire game. It was very segmented because <laughs> I was actually up in Eau Claire for a really? buddy's wedding. Yeah, one of my good oh, friends from nice from college was getting married, so we were in Eau Claire. So we were watching like. Part of it at you know how it's uh, after the wedding, you get to get you stop somewhere have some drinks. We were we were watching yeah. part of the first half there. Badgers looked pretty good when we were watching there, and mm-hmm. then as the day went on and we were from one venue to the other, they looked worse and worse. And it yeah. it actually ended with us surrounding about four of us surrounding one little phone that was live streaming it while at the uh, rehearse or not, not the rehearsal the uh, the, the reception. Oh, okay. So, yeah, then it was a lot of choice words by four uh, dudes around a wedding, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people were looking at us. Which is no – that's no problem. You're, you're allowed to be an enthusiast, and people can say it's a wedding, and you can say, okay, they're married. We're good with that. You know, you just kind of move on. So with uh, what you had a chance to witness, this was supposed to be a game that, that they – the first time all season they put back-to-back wins together. 
This was supposed to be a game where you expounded upon what you did over in Evanston, uh, and you were supposed to be able to say, okay, we've got our arms back around this thing, and then it kind of reverted back in, in, to a sense to some of the things that uh, had been plaguing this team. Um, now what? You know what I mean? So if you had to start sitting here looking at the remainder of the season, now what? That's a, it's a great question because going, going into the week leading up to Northwestern, you look at they've hit rock bottom, they fire Paul Chris, Jim Leonard has obviously moved up to interim head coach. I looked at their schedule and I'm sitting there going, I could see them winning every single game going out or losing every single game to end the season. And mm-hmm. they go in, obviously beat up on Northwestern, but then you could say one of two things. Well, Jim Leonard's got them playing well, and maybe it was Paul Christ, or is Northwestern really just that bad? What are they going to do against Michigan State? I was still up in the air. They could win every single game moving forward or lose every single game moving forward. Well, we saw it against Michigan State. Yeah. Obviously, Jim Leonard becoming coach wasn't a cure-all because, man. Again, I mean, I'm still at the same point. I could see them winning every game if they turn it around or figure it out or losing every single game moving forward. But I'm thinking at this point as Badger fans, we just have to hope that they be they can make it to a bowl game. Right. I I would agree with Badgers that. fans travel well too to bowls, so it's 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 kind of crazy if the Badgers do go six and six and play in the quick and lanes, Little Caesar, Motor City Bowl, whatever it's called these days in Detroit. Mm-hmm. How many people are really going to go? Right. They, that have that belief that, oh, yeah, this is good. We're ready to go. I completely agree. Just a, a disappointing week. I thought for sure. How about, how about Illinois? Hey, Bielema's got the, boy, the boys playing. Right? I'm just like, I mean, I look, I, I, I don't want to give him too much credit, obviously. But I'm kind of like, wow, Illinois is, yeah. They, that's a little bit for real. And I, I, but I'll say this: I love the fact that Minnesota struggles. So I can't uh, can't argue that point at all. I love the fact that uh, they they struggle with Illinois. But um, yeah, Illinois all of a sudden is uh, somewhat of a relevant team, for lack of a better term. Man, I just look at Wisconsin and I look up their upcoming schedule, and this could this could really snowball fast into a disaster because Purdue has yeah. played pretty well. And you look at what Purdue has done this year. I mean, man, they should have beaten Penn State that first game of the season. They just found every way possible to lose. And then their only other loss this year was at Syracuse. But Syracuse is looking more and more like they're for real. Mm-hmm. They yeah, went in Syracuse, absolutely, yeah. They beat in two or in three consecutive weeks. They beat Minnesota on the road, Maryland on the road, beat Nebraska, which Nebraska is not good, but the offense can still score some points. I mean, it, it's not looking great for Wisconsin. Maryland is a bad matchup for them. Maryland's not a great matchup. I, uh, I, like you said, they could win anyone and they could lose anyone. And I, 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 it pains me almost to say, look at, uh, look at Illinois, ranked number eighteen in the country now, atop the West Division. Purdue, like you said, not playing bad. I still don't have any belief in in Nebraska. Minnesota, this was supposed to be it for them, and they're one and two in the Big Ten. I was offensively a train wreck and offensive. Northwestern's nothing to deal with, and then you look at the Badgers and they're sitting there right there at the bottom of the West at one and three, and they are in such a hole now that I just don't think they even have the ability to dig back out of. 
with a three and four record overall. This, do, I, this could be, and I agree with you. This, can you imagine this being a losing sub five hundred season for the Badgers? What was expected to be, win the West and move on. And this could be if you had the growth out of Graham Mertz and the offensive line played better and this defense played the way Jim Leonard's always had them play. We were talking about the possibility of challenging Ohio State in a Big Ten game. Now you're just hoping they end up over 500. And this goes back. How many how many years of recruiting now does this team have to put it back to legitimacy in the West? Not the Big Ten, but the West. Well, two years. Well, weirdly enough, Bill, I look at their schedule and I think their easiest game is actually Iowa, and it's at Iowa, and I mm-hmm. think that could be like a nine to six type game, kind of like how Illinois beat them. It's going to be cool. ugly, but we're going to have to watch it. But to like answer your question, their season win total at the beginning of the year was eight and a half, and I really could have saw this team being nine and three, eight and four, and if you're in that nine and three range in the Big Ten West. Minnesota was probably expected to be around that same eight and four, nine and three. Same with Iowa. Purdue was kind of a a dark horse. Type. Illinois was supposed to be towards the bottom. They have mm-hmm. surprised everybody. But you're sitting here now, and man, I really, they very well could not make a bowl, and that is a huge drop off from an eight and four, nine and three type expected season. Right. But this is another thing I want to run this by you. It's bad enough when you can't compete in the West, especially with the division that it is. But I think it's time, especially with USC and UCLA coming into the Big Ten in a couple years, it's time to scrap the East and West and just have the top two teams play in the Big Ten championship game because the best two Big Ten teams are clearly Ohio State and Michigan. Without a doubt. I 100% agree there. And it pains me to say that because I can't stand Michigan, but – um, I would agree. Uh, you go with the top two teams and, and just play that championship game. Then the team that actually wins the championship moves on, and they play in whatever, you know, unless, of course, they're ranked, you know, one and two in the country, which is another whole story with Alabama going down. Boy, what a scene that was down in uh, Tennessee. Holy mackerel, the sea of orange taking over the field and ripping down the goalposts. That was kind of cool. But no, I would agree with you that uh, I, as much as I would love to see the Badgers still rule the roost in the West, if indeed that's the direction they would go, at least then it, they could legitimately find themselves in a Big Ten championship game, I agree that they're going to probably scrap it and go with the top two teams playing in a championship game, and then the, the winner then rides off and plays for a title, and then the loser plays in whatever the next acceptable bowl game is. That loss at Michigan State pretty much all but eliminates Wisconsin in playing in that uh, Big Ten championship game this year. Right. But you were talking about recruiting and, you know, where do they kind of go from there? I don't know if you saw the article that Jesse Temple put out on The Athletic, I believe it was a week ago. about A week ago, yeah. Yeah, about that uh, not having a recruiting basically office or, or people for eight months. How can you mm-hmm. do that in today's college football? How right. can you not be recruiting for basically a year? Uh, to borrow a, a phrase from Matt Lafleur, that's ex- unacceptable. We'll have to look at the tape. That I, I, I can't fathom that. I know because I called a friend of mine and I said, "Hey, how many? What's the recruiting department in 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 Ohio at Ohio State in Columbus?" And he went, "Oh my God, they got like fifteen, twenty people, and they got a whole section of the the wing over in the athletic department dedicated to recruiting." I, I'm like, "Okay, just wanted to check and make sure I wasn't off base here." Like, you know, they were getting it done easily. Like, no, they they put money into that thing, man. 
they do all kinds of video displays and social media and all they do all kinds of stuff <laughs> and uh, to woo kids and talk about kids and, and yeah i'm like wow so okay. for one year in the 2020s the wisconsin badgers for one full season basically was recruiting at like a 2000 level yeah, like they they had the same type of access in the same way that they would go they would go about it twenty years ago. How are you going to compete or even? And that's that class doesn't even matter at this point because they're not even playing anyways. Right, and you're already having a lot of classes where on paper they're actually pretty good. Some of their better recruiting classes, but they're all either a not that good, b underperforming, and now you know say in a year or two the class where you pretty much didn't do anything for all of a sudden starts to play <laughs> this could get bad quick and they don't use the transfer portal hardly at all I was just going to say they don't even utilize that as much as you probably should or go after the and is that an indictment of that recruiting department or is that something via coaching or is that philosophy at, at Wisconsin well look at what Brett Bielema did they went out and got uh what is it Tommy DeVito their quarterback right and he's playing pretty good football for him but if you saw you know their backup, Art Sitkowski, the guy that lost his starting job in, in Rutgers to another quarterback that's not very good, if they mm -hmm. had to sit there and play with just him, that Illinois team would not be very good. Right. They'd still have a good, you know, solid defense, a good running back, but the quarterback position is what makes it go. We've talked about this for how many years at both levels. If you have a great quarterback, you can be pretty good. And that's the other thing, and, and I get that. I was, we were just talking about this yesterday up in the press box, as a matter of fact, about they put all their eggs into the Graham Mertz basket, and you look at a team like Ohio State where they have three or four four- and five-star recruits at quarterback coming in, and then you pick the best of the bunch. If the rest transfer out, well, then you figure it out, but you still try to bring in as many top-rated quarterbacks as you possibly can. Not to say Wisconsin's not doing that, don't get me wrong, but you, you, got, you can't rest on one. You, you, because clearly, if the one isn't good, that you move on. You know, I mean that, that Ohio State moved on from Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow went to LSU and won a championship. So clearly, you got to have more than just one guy in your quiver. Because if that guy's not good, and you've overestimated his talent, or he doesn't fit your system, or you can't coach him up, you got to move on. You can't just sit here and say we're going to be loyal to a guy because he's the guy. You got to have guys and say, guys, you're going to have to go and be able to compete for the job. We're woefully late for a break. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. One of the worst things that you can hear, you have cancer. The worst is when you hear the words, your child has cancer. When a child is diagnosed with cancer, it changes their world. Sometimes they can't even do things that they really love, like playing soccer, riding a bike, going to prom, attending school. Children with cancer spend a lot of time away from others, time in the hospital, treatments, tired, nauseous, and they feel isolated. That's where Special Spaces Wisconsin steps in. They provide these children with a special space where they can not only sleep, but they can play, they can heal, they can spend time away from the challenges of their illness. It's a customized bedroom designed just for them. How about a princess castle or a pirate ship or a sports-themed bedroom? They transform that child's existing bedroom into a place that only he or she can imagine. A place for them just to be a kid. This effort is done with teams of dedicated volunteers and sponsors, just like our friends from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and all the community partners. If you'd like to find out more or to donate, go to specialspaces.org. That is specialspaces.org. 
And a really nice time uh, Saturday went out and uh, a friend of ours, Farah, it was her birthday and uh, went out and saw a band and hung out with them for a little while. And uh, God's Outlaw, God's Outlaw, like a, just a, an old-fashioned style country band. They had a big old bass and steel guitar and all that kind of stuff and listened to them a little bit and then ended up going down to a nice ash in Waukesha. And, uh, man, I don't know. I, I wish I would know off the top of my head. They had, had, they had a blues and jazz band down there that was fantastic. And it the place was packed, too. I mean, just a great time at the Nice Ash, downtown uh, Waukesha, 323 West Main Street. And I just I didn't even smoke a cigar. I just went in for a beer. We just decided, just let's head down and see a few things. And the downtown's all decorated for Halloween and they're going to obviously decorate it this year. It's going to be an emotional year for the upcoming Christmas parade and such down there. So I, I encourage you to continue to be uh, supportive of Waukesha and the businesses that they uh, are building down there. Uh, but nevertheless, it was a uh, it was a great night and had a great time down at Nice Ash, downtown Waukesha. And so some good stuff there. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Feel free to go ahead and do so again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So, uh, let's see here. Um, Steve says, uh, Bill, craptastic football weekend. To say yesterday's performance was craptacular is an understatement. I was texting with my buddies yesterday that look out, Royce Newman needs some pine time. More so, I'm not one to go in, on the fire him bandwagon, but Joe Barry needs to be shown the door. Uh, actually, today as soon as possible. The scheme is pathetic, and any team playing against him knows that they can have a hell of a day running crossing routes in misdirections. Uh, the offensive line was awful. In my opinion, you put Elton Jenkins back at guard, bench Newman's ass, put Josh Nyman right tackle. They were lethargic, and there was no communication. The turnstile that is Newman is ridiculous. I won't even talk about Badgers. They were as bad as the Packers. What has happened to the vaunted Badger defense and the O-line? At times, Sparty was running it down their throats, and the O-line couldn't open many holes at all. The only good thing about the football weekend was that UW-Dub keeps on winning, and I did see that, by the way. They beat uh, UW-Oshkosh on Friday night. It was a close one. It wasn't like a blowout or a high-scoring affair. It was a, it was a grinded-out defensive battle, and he's right. So uh, that's our buddy Steve in Richfield. Steve, appreciate it, man. Uh, this is from Dennis. Dennis says, uh, can this be fixed? I believe the dramatic drop in success of the offensive uh, line is directly related to the loss of talent and experience in the players and the coaching staff. The offensive lost the best. The offense lost the best receiver uh, in the league and the number three receiver. Goody replaced them with potential talent, but it's hurting the offense now. What might have hurt this offense even more is Lafour replacing two of the most experienced members of his staff with coaches with zero experience. Uh, Hackett was a valued and experienced offensive coordinator and left to become the head coach. LaFleur replaced him with a coach who's never been an offensive coordinator. Stenovich was one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. He was promoted to the OC. Once again, LaFleur replaced an experienced coach with someone with no experience. The results of Goody and LaFleur's decisions to gamble with potential in players and coaching staff in a, in a mass uh, as opposed to putting experienced people there has left this team lifeless um and it kind of goes on from there um is is f oh i can't say that on the air i almost said it too uh f catastrophe <laughs> is f catastrophe a word i think it is now that's uh, that made me laugh today i like that thank you dennis appreciate that 
Oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, Dale, thank you very much. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Absolutely. And, yeah, it was a novel. Pac fan, I agree. It was a novel. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Oh, don't forget, you are eligible for the opening drive contest each and every game for the Green Bay Packers through our friends over there at Quick Trip. And Quick Trip, fantastic. And F-tastrophe. They are not an F-tastrophe. But uh, you can stop at the Quick Trip. You punch in your quick rewards card at the pump. You start to fill up. You're good to go. You're automatically registered. If your name is chosen as one week, uh, each name is going to be chosen each week, uh, as your name is chosen, chosen for every yard garnered, in the opening drive for the Green Bay Packers, uh, you get a $10 gift card. And if they should score, then it's 500 How about that? Uh, yesterday, I, who, I don't know who it was, but I felt bad. My first thought was watching that three and out. I thought, oh, that poor person got 10 bucks. That was it. It was, a, it was an F-tastrophe when it came to the opening drive contest. But thanks to our friends at Quick Trip for being a part of that and also sponsoring Packer football. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Gene Adela in the title tones featuring Wayne Larravee, Jason Wildey, and Mark Tauscher. Game day bus, take 47. Let's all take the game day bus to Titletown. Wayne, Tausch, Wildey, haven't you been practicing all year? What if I said Pelafans can get 0% interest for 48 months on any replacement project right now? Yeah! And there is your Pella. Can he say that? Isn't that trademarked? Um, his paycheck for this says otherwise. Speaking of catchphrases, we call this the Pella Now Pay Later option. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin's experts stop by for an in-home consultation. They'll help you choose the perfect windows for your home. The installation is completed with no hassle or mess, leaving only perfect results while you put no money down. Make no payments and no interest for up to four years. Schedule your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Expires 10 2022 now in green bay here's mike clemens the packers lose to the jets 27 to 10 here at lambeau field there were some wild plays on special teams the packers blocked a punt the jets blocked a mason crosby field goal and later blocked a packers punt and turned that into a touchdown matt lafleur there was leakage on the right side you know i talked to rich about it and uh, i'm not quite sure what what transpired on the punt uh, I'll have a better answer for you guys tomorrow. The Jets' defensive line dominated the game. Aaron Rodgers says New York's game plan was nothing they hadn't planned for. It was four-man rush. You know, every now and then they mug uh, Mosley up in the gap, but it was execution. You know, they brought some twists, but we knew they were like, you know, 50% twist in certain situations. We just didn't. Uh, execute that very well. New York's defense held Green Bay to just 19 yards rushing in the first half, and they sacked Aaron Rodgers four times with another nine quarterback hits. Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari compared it to blood in the water. You know, tip your hat to the Jets. They did a good job penetrating front, mixing a lot of guys uh, down in the box, and uh, that's blood. And that's what, uh, talking about blood, that's what the defense Sharks are going to look at. And until they fix that, they're going to keep attacking that. Packers backup guard Jake Hansen had to leave the game with a biceps injury. Randall Cobb was carted off with an ankle. Jets defensive lineman Quinton Williams asked if this was a statement game for New York. I don't think it was a statement or anything like that. I think we were just coming in and we tried to execute and communicate every single down. And I feel like when we execute and communicate, 
Uh, we're a great defense. So the Packers fall to 3-3 three and three and have games now on the road against the Commanders, the Bills, and the Lions. The Jets improved to 4-2. and two. Second-year head coach Robert Sala says he told his young team to play aggressively early in the game. It wasn't the mindset to weather the storm or anything. It was just, just fight back, just keep leaning on them. Just keep fighting, keep fighting. Eventually, the longer it went, the more pressure. We felt that the more pressure would be on them. That's the Jets head coach Robert Sala. From Lambeau Field, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. We're at the top of the hour. We're going to get into the next hour, and we're going to hear from uh, David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Don Levitt. Mike, uh, Mike Clements caught up with him after the game last night. So I'm really interested in getting uh, David Bakhtiari's thoughts on that offensive line play because he's usually – he doesn't mince a lot of words. So we're going to hear from Bakhtiari coming up here in a few. Stay tuned for that. And um, like I said, we'll hear from uh, Kenny Clark as well and – Dylan Levitt, uh, two hours down, two hours yet to go. Don't forget, final hour of the program, as uh, always, on Mondays and Fridays. Mike Clemens going to join us, uh, give us a lot of the reaction, not only from him, but also out of the locker room as well, as Packers get knocked off in ugly fashion. Just beat down, ass whipped behind the barn type of sh- shed whooping stuff. And uh, they get beat up by the Jets in just about every facet. Stay tuned. Two down, two to go. More of the Bill Michael Show next. <laughs> 